I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi! Welcome to Scam Wow! I'm Sue Smith. I'm Kayla Brodnick. And And we we love scams! scams. Guys, we love scams. We love you. Um... We're back in the same room again. Yeah. Which is why we are crushing these intros. Okay, Katie was like, I'm going to come to LA Mm -hmm. and we're going to record six episodes. And I was like, you're fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. There's no way. But she's come here and she's brought the New York and we're on (laughs) mm, our fourth episode. Maybe fifth. Who knows? It could be a double episode. We've got three more, baby. Guys, we're not stopping. When I'm away from my child, I'm a wild woman. (laughs) I was like, Katie, are you going to do any vacation while you're here? No. And she was like, this is my vacation. (laughs) This is my vacation. I don't have to worry about like picking things up cleaning diapers you know am I having fun and should I not be because there's a kid about to fall down a couple stairs no the patriarchy (laughs) I'm just having fun it's so great this is my vacation working really hard I love that and even yesterday I was like I am not used to this New York work ethic I know Sue (laughs) Sue, she is guys remember because all avid listeners will know that Sue multiply multiply yeah multiply has multiple times complained about how slow shit is in LA. Yeah, and I'm getting soft. <laughs> She's getting soft. And I can't when I when the temperature <laughs> drops below 55. She wants to stay inside. Well, I do. I do. <laughs> this is almost our 1 year anniversary. Wow. Yeah. A whole year. And to be honest, most things don't last a year. (laughs) (laughs) You had no hope. You had no faith. I had hope, but like project. I had faith. I had faith. I had like five year down the line hope, but then there was that like we had a feeling. Yeah. No, not even us. In life. Projects I've worked on. (laughs) 
die in a month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when we were first shopping this podcast around, I was like, oh no, like nobody, nobody, nobody loves likes us. us. Nobody yeah. loves us. We got a lot of no's. <laughs> we got a lot of no's. Then we got a lot of yeses. Then we got a lot of terrible reviews. <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, we'll still, we're still getting You know, them. but we're still going. Yeah. Also because Sue's husband asked us yesterday, are you guys sick of scams? And no. No. No is the answer. Never. I am so heated more. I want to know about more scams. Also yeah. that people now in my life don't trust me as much because they think I'm a con You're artist. You're a con artist, yeah. I'm like, okay, I am. You know, fine. But I think there's so many different types of scams and mm-hmm. they're so varied and there's like your multi-level marketing, your yes. cult, your... Your creepy fortune teller. Like your GoFundMe. Yes. Yeah. You guys do wield a strange power, though, now that you've researched this on like a journalistic level. Yes. You Thank know you. the insides of really how do. to pull these scams off. I will also give you some advice. If you want to pull a con, I yeah. know really yeah. what you should do. You have to have an offshore bank account. Yeah. Number one, if you're going to be in the scam industry, 100%. you've got to get an offshore bank account. Don't use styrofoam plates at your event. Don't use styrofoam plates. <laughs> Styrofoam plates will create a, a scam a right scam. away. It'll create a Twitter. Remember war. the Fire Festival. Remember Kanye's brunch. brunch. Yes. You guys stay away from styrofoam. Um, you also offshore need bank styrofoam. A blonde wife. A blonde wife. <laughs> She's like your cover. That's key. You need yeah. a blonde wife to look happy, successful. Yeah. That's what you need. Well, but we only use our powers for good, though. So We do. We only use our yeah, powers true. for good and then sometimes like convincing our husbands to do things for us. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean. But who does it? Marriage is a scam. Let's be honest. <laughs> guys, speaking of marriage is a scam. <laughs> He's married. He's our guest. Our guest, guys. I love our guest so much. I've known him for maybe 13 years. Wow. 2007? Oh my god. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Please welcome to our stage. Yes. <laughs> James Coker. Yay. Yay. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Of y'all. course. 2007? James and I were in improv together. Yeah. Remember wow. that scene with dancing across? I still remember it. We were like Who was the teacher? Oh, I don't what remember. level? We've been in a ton of levels together. Really? Yeah, we were. I love James so much. And when James was working at 30 Rock, this isn't. I no, just that's fun. Let's talk about it. It's just so fun. So James was Alec Baldwin's personal assistant. You were? I was his. I was his personal PA, his production assistant on season four of Thirty. Shut right. up. James has had so many lives. I feel like I am always learning new things about so him. So many lives. James was yeah. so sweet. I got to be an extra. Yeah, you got to be an extra, and then we uh, we got, on Thirty Rock. Yeah, we yes. got a tour of the stages. James James tour of the stages. I was freaking oh, out. That's so cool. So happy. Yeah. Well, everybody else was having to sit on stage one. Yeah. I was like, I took you and your husband. I know. And anyway, I was like, come on, let's go. Look and at I the got stages. to see Liz Lemon's office. Yeah. It was still one of the best days of my life. Was it in? Did they film in Coffin and Astoria? Yes. Uh, Silver Cup. Yes. Silver Cup. So in Astoria, though. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Long Island City, mm-hmm. uh, Astoria. Mm-hmm. That's true. And but it's like such a gray area on when Long Island City ends and Astoria Who knows? Starts, so. And how long were you his personal PA? For like a season and a half. Yeah. That was like my first job out of college as I was um, a production assistant on 30 Rock. And I, at first I was just like their everyday additional production mm-hmm. assistant. Sure. And then. You worked your ass off there too. Yeah. It was long yeah, hours. And then season three I got hired full time. And so I was there season three, four, five. And, and then and then I eventually left because it was just, um, it was long hours. And yeah. I, for a long time I thought I wanted to be an assistant director in TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um it, it was just, it was too much for me. I got yeah. burned out. It's a lot. Yeah. So what season did Alec Baldwin take a shine to you? Um, it was se- season three. Mm-hmm. His personal his personal PA got uh, promoted 
to the being the writer's PA. Oh. And, well, that's huge, though. And that's he, a huge and deal. And he recommended me. Yeah. And so I went and met Alec. And um, I love it. Is, yeah. there, is there any candid stories you can share? No. Or no? I don't know if I, I – is there anything I can share on this podcast? But, um, you know, he, he, he some people think he has, like, a really bad reputation, but he is really good – and loyal to the people that work for him. Yeah. He's really generous, too. Yes. I remember he gave all the writers, like, these amazing handbags. Yes. For one Christmas. My friend's a writer. Was oh, a writer. Yeah. 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 There was one time when um, I couldn't afford to go home for Christmas. Yeah. And I, like, told um, his hair and makeup uh, artists, the, 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 the stylist, I was like, I just offhandedly said, they asked me what I was doing for Christmas. I'm like, oh, I'm staying here. Like, prices are expensive to, to go home. Yeah. And he just bought me a plane ticket. So I can go see my parents. Oh, that's, so um, that's so sweet. He was doing his podcast when I read my audiobook. Really? <laughs> when I was recording my audiobook, he was in the other room, and I was like, oh my God, it's oh, that's, cool. that's so funny. Yeah, yeah, he also bought me my first iPhone. Okay. No. Because when I was when I was first working on the show, I had one of those old Nokia brick phones that had yeah. like a snake on it and yeah. stuff. Yes. And it was like being held together with duct tape. <laughs> yeah. And there'd be times when he'd ask me to like call his assistant or someone else and then hand the phone over and i think i think the real reason he bought me the iphone is i think he was so embarrassed to actually be talking Holding on a nokia it, yeah. phone yeah that he never wanted to like <laughs> yes. have a picture taken with it <laughs> so he like wrote me this letter and it was like you should be embarrassed of yourself or you should be ashamed oh, of yourself sweet. with a brand new iphone no that's so, that's so cute and when my dad passed away segue yeah to what we're going to talk Topic. about today when my dad passed away he wrote me a very thoughtful note and oh. yeah just and i hadn't seen him in a few years oh. and he just wrote me a note saying you know i'm so sorry to hear about your father oh yeah we I like him that's nice before we get into it, i want to also say that aside from being a personal pa on 30 rock, 30 rock you might know him from your tv as the guy the spectrum guy yes Guys. he has a huge Ugh. national campaign right huge now for commercial. spectrum yeah he's all it over makes it. me so happy i know yeah. every oh, time so i much. see it the whole family's like we know you know james I'm like there's <laughs> Well, when someone like you audition with all the time actually yes. lands something and gets something big, best. it just makes yeah. you feel so good because you're like, oh, it happened. Yeah. yeah. It's it been happened. really fun. It's just, you know, a couple dudes hanging out, it's talking great. about their love for internet and cable bundles. Yes. That's yes, so the dream. Oh, <laughs> so good funny. for you. Yeah. Well, so James is a comedian yes. and actor. See. And See. is that what you, after like doing the. Um, assistant directing stuff you're like i think i like this more i think it was just like it was a super slow transition i uh studied business in college i was mm. a business major and i didn't realize i wanted so you're to work smart in... okay we get it I, we get I it, it. Smart. Uh, <laughs> well I, austin also studied business so. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not that he's smart. he's smart i was an international business major which just Whoa. meant you had to also take a language what what language do you speak spanish but okay. not very well <laughs> <laughs> but um i like Three months before I graduated, there was this thing that came to college, uh, Rollins College, called Campus Movie Fest, uh -huh. and they gave everybody a camera and a laptop, and oh. you had a week to make a short. Oh, cool. And then cool. I made like a five-minute short, and it won out of like <gasps> 70 Jeez, entries. Wow. And I was like, this is really fun. And then I started doing research about what, because I think I originally, like, you know, like everybody wanted to be on like SNL or something yeah, like that. Always, so, yeah. And then I realized a lot of people took classes at UCB. So I'm like, oh, but I also like working in production. So I was going to try both. Yeah. And I worked in production for a long time thinking I wanted to be an AD. But then I started taking more and more improv classes mm -hmm, and doing mm -hmm. sketch. And I just enjoyed and that's that. That's a drug more. you can't quit. It's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's Rollins? Talk about scams. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we haven't yet. We're like waiting. It's this an, has it's been Google Doc. 
talk. We're it's like, been on our list yeah, for the like, last year to cover improv scans? comedy, but we just can't. We don't have the heart to do it. Can't bite the hand that feeds you. UCB does not support the opinions of us. Okay, you I know she's a company I know. man. Okay, there, should we get it? The brand is watching. <laughs> Always <laughs> watching. Yeah, you can cut that part out. I love it. Keep it forever. It's so funny. But Matt Walsh it. has a live feed of this podcast. Yeah. So he's watching it's around the button. clock. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's <laughs> amazing. Oh um, but yeah. Um, Where's Rollins College? It's in Winter Park, Florida, so it's just outside Orlando. You're from Florida? I'm no. from Texas. Texas. Yeah. So from Dallas, mm-hmm. a town called Highland Park, which mm-hmm. is right in the middle of Dallas. I think uh, there's a ton of Highland Parks in every state. There is. There's one here. <laughs> there's a, there's, there's so one in so New many. Jersey. Yeah, I, yeah. I think there's one in Maryland. There's yeah. A Highland Parks. That's a very popular name. Okay. Sorry, not um, to <laughs> negate where yeah. you are from. <laughs> and then I went to a boarding school in New Jersey for my last two years of high school. Oh, cool. Um, near Princeton, called Lawrenceville. Uh, oh. And then I went to College of Rollins and then moved to New York right afterwards. Guys, I listened to like 15 episodes of the podcast. You did? Yeah, I loved it. You guys are so great. Thank you. And I was so grateful that I was able to get to do an episode where all you guys are in the room. Yeah. Because I feel like when you guys get to be in the room together, the chemistry is just so much better. (laughs) We make magic. And like, and and Marshall and I have tried doing it. We've we've been working on different ideas for podcasts, but because he's in New York and I'm in San Francisco and then sometimes down here in LA, um, you know, Doing it on Zencaster or Skype or whatever, the delay Zoom. is so hard to establish any I, sort of rapport. It I, it's hard. really hard. I um, plug in my Wi-Fi, so yeah. like, so it's not Wi-Fi, so it's like Ethernet. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then the delay is a little bit less. Yeah. Also, we do hand signals. We yeah. like go like this, <laughs> and we go like, "My turn next," <laughs> nice. and then we have the guest, and we're like, "Oh, do you see the hand signals? It's Sue." And like, yeah, yeah. and we do all of our own editing so that we like chop shit up yeah. and make it sound, even we're, though it's not we've as good. But really, like, gotten. I was so against editing at first. I you was were? so af- when oh, you I couldn't do it. it. Yeah. I was so afraid. And then once I got the key, I was like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And I think I you it. guys are so good at keeping things light because a lot of the games you guys talk about get so super sad. <laughs> we just re- My favorite's the eating disorder. <laughs> Jonestown. Love oh my it. god, Jonestown. The guy with the trunk, don't get trunk. Yeah. Oh my god. AJ Holmes. <laughs> The Jonestown one, the Jonestown one was so sad, and the purity ball one. Yes. And it's just like, you guys are so good about. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> so funny. I just pulled out a Daddy Fucks T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, they're oh on our T Public Scam Podcast. Mm-hmm. We're wearing um, it. Show yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are really good about like, tr- you know, trying to like make it l- make like really dark situations light. Yeah. Or, or, like, fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For sure. With the saddest shit ever. We were talking before this and we were like, our favorite episodes are like Jonestown, our the eating disorder. Jonestown's yes. a good one. Yeah. yeah that's such a fascinating shit. story. Yeah. We love that And shit. the one that I was super impressed with was the one when you guys uh, recorded separately. Yeah. And you <gasps> did a deep dive about the Jeff Epstein thing. Oh, oh my yes. God! When I was listening to it, I'm like, Oh my God! Sue did so much research I went about the deep. Jeff Epstein uh, suicide slash murder. Who would I, yes, we don't know? I was like, literally hit Pizzagate. But like I were, went yes. so far down. You yeah. were like a real journalist. Thank I you. know. Well, we get a lot of comments of people saying that we don't do we're enough research. We're not real journalists. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of propels us. We forward. got comments where they're like, "Don't read Wikipedia," and we're like, "All right, bitch, send me an article then. Yeah. Where else do you find it?" You just tell in your voice. Uh, when you were talking about the Jeff Epstein stuff, yeah. I could just tell in the tone of your voice that you had to go to some very dark places really to find did. this information. I was, and obsessed. I thought it was so fascinating. Then, like hearing that, yeah, and oh, it was, and because we were then listened afterwards, yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. we weren't together. And yeah, then I think crazy. in the same episode, 
when you started recording your part, your family was asleep. So it was like, <laughs> She's like, like you were having a whisper. <laughs> so it's, it, it was like you were like in hiding. And you're like, okay, now it's like my turn to do the podcast. And like, I don't know if anyone can hear me right now. And I'm just so scared. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein's ghost is watching his He's not even dead. <laughs> he's not dead. We don't know. We don't know if he's he dead. He's delivery guy. And I, saw, I know like you were talking like that, but for a totally different context, <laughs> yeah. but it felt like it was in direct Part reaction to I what Sue was talking oh, about. Then it was on purpose. Yeah. You know yes, what? Then it was on course. purpose. It was artistic on purpose. I love it. Oh, um, thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> thank you. That's funny. Now, when I listen to the daily and I, or like um, any of those morning news scans sometimes, or podcasts, sometimes I hear the correspondents whispering and I'm like, I wonder if they're Skyping in their homes and their families <laughs> yes. are like in the background. because yes, they are. Because it's like early morning, you <laughs> yeah. know, when they're getting those news podcasts up. Right. Oh, yeah. God, I love it. Uh, well, thank you. That's so nice. Of course. And I also bought your book last week because oh I wanted. Oh my God. Oh my God. He stands. Oh, yeah. That's so nice. That's uh, Come on and know you're next. You gotta buy the book uh, next. I'm very excited to learn. read it. Uh, oh. Make sure you guys pick it up. Dangerous Boobies. <laughs> yes. By Caitlin Broderick with a forward by Rachel Bloom. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my God. We should have you on every episode. Uh, this is the perfect guest. We're, we're just gonna keep replaying this intro on every episode before we start the show. <laughs> we're gonna be like, and James Coker is our intro guy. <laughs> We should put music underneath this. Yes. <laughs> like, like this is also going to be our special Patreon. And like, do you want a Patreon episode? It's just James over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> also, the music. I don't know how you guys picked the music for it, but it's so good. It's one. Thank it's you. from Sounds Like an Earful. It's just one track that we use. It's amazing. And it's these yeah. things, and you can like, you can you pay for it, and you say like, if it's a non-profit profit this podcast whatever five dollars <laughs> it's really cheap and it's it's like a halloween one yes yeah, it set such a good tone for the podcast <laughs> and also i feel like it makes me feel like i'm listening to like this american life or like cereal i'm Ooh. like oh my god like i'm listening to prestige radio <laughs> yeah two crazy ladies <laughs> prestige skyping because they miss each other <laughs> It's prestigious. <laughs> very we prestigious. are very prestigious. Love it. Oh, okay, you're from Texas. Yes. Okay. Your dad died. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Guys, just really focus on why we're here. I James know a little dead. bit about what this scam is. This is how every first date <laughs> for me. So you're from Texas. Your dad, you died. your dad died. Yeah. Uh, my dad passed away in 2011. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. So like, no, it's all right. I told I told Caitlin this morning that I was going to talk about my dad as my favorite scammer. She's like, you sure you want to do that? I'm like, oh yeah, he's been dead for like eight years. It's all good. Oh, yeah. my, dad, my dad's dead too, 2004. Oh hell yeah. Wow. yeah. Aneurysm. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. He had my dad had a glioblastoma. What's that? It's a uh, tumor in your brain. Oh. So he had like a golf ball sized tumor which was removed. Yeah. And then he lived for like another year and a half two after uh. that. But the way um uh, the recovery happens when mm -hmm. people have tumors removed from their brain a lot of times it's not linear. It's like up and down. Yeah. yeah. So the last like year and a half two years of his life um, you know, there'd be days where he would be totally coherent. You could have a conversation with him. He'd get out of bed, yeah. shower himself, wow. dress himself. And oh. then there'd be days where he, like, couldn't move. Yeah. Um, My dad had his aorta replaced 10 years before he died, and he was a chain smoker. He smoked minimum three packs a day, which is disgusting. Oh. And wow. His, yeah, his, da his doctor told him if he didn't stop smoking that the aorta would only um last him 10 years and he was like that's not an option and then exactly 10 exactly years later 10 years. he had an aneurysm isn't that crazy wow so many years did he smoke a good that doctor. 
my at least my whole life. So oh, wow. at least 25, 30 years. Oh, I thought oh, you yeah. were saying your dad said that's not an option for the o- aorta. Like I thought he was <laughs> yeah. like tough talking the aorta into no, like to working the more. <laughs> aorta, you I must control fight harder. I control my own aorta. Thank you very much. <laughs> my aorta's a badass aorta. You don't know nothing, Doc. No, it wasn't oh, an option to stop years. smoking. Wow. He wouldn't stop smoking, and then it lasted him ten years. And I always think about this is dark. I always think about whether it's like the sudden because his was sudden or like the prolonged illness which one is like worse but i think the prolonged one is like harder i think it's harder yeah i think that one's harder yeah for sure Mm. yeah um i gotta say this before i start anything just in case like i have any family members who listen to (laughs) this or anybody who knew my dad if any of these facts or stories that i'm saying are wrong Feel free to reach out to me and correct me. This yeah. is just what I have been told. And, As a son. And don't feel yeah. guilty to, about whatever you're going to say. My dad, when I was cleaning out his house, I found anal, anal beads in his house. <laughs> Hell so, yeah. like, and I tell everybody that. So, oh. don't feel guilty about what you're yeah. going to say. Um, don't feel bad because his dad used anal beads. Yeah, okay? Exactly. That's like the message of the story. I also think, like, we are all, like, biased narrators of our own stories. Yeah. So, like, it's all through, like, a lens where, so, like, you know, the truth that I perceive to be might be different from what someone else sure. uh, also, is perceiving. Like the so. truth yeah. that you were told to, like certain things, certain things also when you're told a story is because somebody has a bias or they're upset or they're right. cranky yeah. and it might have not been that exact thing, but sure. there's no judgment. All right, we're going to get right into yeah. it. All so right. um, my dad like grew up on a small farm in, in West Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad left him when he was three. Mm. Um, he uh, eventually... Um, through he had a mentorship with this guy uh, named Robert Nail, who was like uh, a minister and a music teacher in the town, who told him about this boarding school called Lawrenceville, and it, it's a uh, it used to be a feeder school for Princeton, and um, that's where you went, and that's where I went. Okay. Um, and so you know, my dad probably, if he hadn't known this man, would probably have gone to like SMU or um trinity which is a smaller school in texas or something like that and then like worked in oil and had sort of you know uh, a very typical life for someone who grows up in, in west texas in rural west texas yeah yeah is that the rich part no okay no wait what do you mean what's the rich part i mean i just mean like work in oil oh i, I don't know he he, he might have that had... sounds like rich is that what people do there it, de- I, I don't it know. depends yeah, yeah. it depends on like what level you're working at uh-huh. but um Instead, he had this mentorship with this guy who told him about this school. And so he went to this this boarding school in New Jersey for two years and was like a stud there. Mm-hmm. So he was like captain of the football team. <laughs> he got into Yale and was captain of his freshman team at Yale and then played like all four years football, uh, football mm-hmm. uh, at Yale. And this was like in the 50s, like 51 wow. to 55. My dad was really old when I was born. He was like 52 when I was born. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So he was an engineering, uh, he studied engineering. He then went into the Marines after after Yale and then um, moved back to Texas, got married, had four kids uh, mm-hmm. from his uh, from his first marriage and like first started in construction and then eventually started working in real estate development and then became um, over the years became very successful and very wealthy. Like when I was born. Um, and this is all what I've been told. I could be totally wrong about these figures, yeah, yeah. but I've been told that like when I was born, my dad was worth something around like fifty million dollars. Whoa! Um, and that's in the eighties. Yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. Money. It's like eighty-four. Yeah. yeah. So it's gorgeous. 
<laughs> I love that amount. I'm so and, happy for you. Um, I love that journey for you. <laughs> but he was like an eccentric guy. He was sort of a loner. He didn't like working with other people. And the story I've been told is that he was ambitious and wanted more and more. So he would he would borrow money against his own assets to fund more projects. Oh. And then there was like a real estate crash in the late 80s. And mm-hmm. then he like lost everything. And because my dad d- didn't have any friends... He, no one was going to bail him out mm-hmm. and he wouldn't clear bankruptcy because he had like too much pride. Yeah. And yeah. so like my family like lost everything. So when I was like six or seven, we lived in this unbelievable house on like the nicest street, one of the nicest towns. Like Highland Park is like the Greenwich, Connecticut of mm-hmm. Texas. Okay. Um, like it might as well be Darien or what New Canaan or Greenwich or something I don't like know that. Any of that. The um, rich people where Martha Stewart lived. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. And, and it's so we lived in this amazing house on this incredible street. And then, like, when I was like six or seven or something like that, they lost everything. And was your mom the his first wife? Or? My mom was my dad's third wife. Whoa. Blonde. Blonde. You yeah. need it. Yeah. You always need it. My mom um, was like the classic, like, trophy wife. So mm-hmm. my mom had been married uh, once before. <laughs> But she was, um, she lived in London for eight years, was married to a barrister there, and then got a divorce, uh, moved back and started over and like worked in real estate. And she like lived in the building, a condo building that my dad helped build. Okay. Um, And did she have you, your brother? Yeah, me and my brother. And And just two? Yeah. But your dad had had four? Yeah, he had four uh, children from his first marriage. Okay. Any from his second? No. Okay. So um, the second, his second wife and, and my mom were very aesthetically similar. They were both like mm-hmm. beautiful, blonde, blue-eyed yeah. women. Mm-hmm. My mom was a model. She was on the cover of Cosmopolitan in the UK. Sure. Yeah. Oh Do you have pictures? Uh, not readily. <laughs> on you? Like, Do you have pictures no. on you? <laughs> yeah, my wallet. <laughs> Your mom's a total milf. <laughs> um, but um, I think my dad, at the point when, I, when he lost everything, uh, you know, I was, he was probably in his mid to late 50s had too much pride to like go back to work for someone yeah. else. Oh. For sure. So he spent the remainder of his life and my childhood like looking f- for like that one big score okay. and was trying to like shoot for the moon instead of like getting doing something safe and, and like steady. Provi- steady and providing an income for our family. So So you at 7 years old went from like a dad who had 50 million to then yeah. Nothing? Did you guys have to leave your did house? Did you move? Yeah. So what we did is the the bank took their house the house because they only like I think had half of it paid off mm-hmm. and were paying like you know crazy monthly yeah. mortgage payments. Um, so I spent the rest of my childhood. My parents did not want to leave that town. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we lived. We would lease a house for like a year or two that was like on the market, and then when they sold the house, we would move to another house. And so wow. I think I lived in like 11 wow. houses in my childhood, but all in the same town. Oh, my gosh. But the entire time when I was a, when I was a kid, my parents wanted to keep up appearances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they just lied out of their teeth. It's, it's like it reminds me when you guys were talking about the Chrisley, uh, Chrisley Knows Best family yes. in that episode. Yes. It, it was the exact same thing yeah. where like they had like an insane amount of debt. We're living hand to mouth. Yeah. But like we're trying to put up this image, this facade of being wealthy, successful people. Mm-hmm. Um, like my mom drew, drove like a Rolls Royce till I was like twelve. What you've gotta, you've I mean, gotta. I mean, you gotta, you gotta. It She's was, blonde, and it was a British Rolls Royce, so the steering wheel was like on the right side. Really? Yeah. That's so dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we'd be riding, a, we'd be riding. We'd, there'd always be double takes because like there'd be a kid sitting in the front left seat. <laughs> 
or like we have like a dog in the lap and people would think like a dog was driving the oh car my gosh. or something like that. That's How comedy. Did you keep okay. This up? <laughs> That's why James a comedian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got a lot of baggage. There was a dog in the other seat. So we would like <laughs> over my childhood we moved to like smaller each house every year would get like smaller and yeah. smaller. But they'd be like holding on to like all the nice things they used to own. So mm. like we essentially became like hoarders. Yeah. Like I, I don't know if you've ever seen a running with scissors. No, um, I didn't. Great movie, but Brian. Cox, I read the book. Yeah, yeah. So Brian in the in the movie, uh, Brian Cox plays like the therapist who eventually like loses his license, mm-hmm. and they live in this like beautiful mansion that's like run down and dilapidated, and it's very it was very similar to that. We're gonna take a quick little break for a word from our sponsors. This is insane. The FDA doesn't require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients for their feminine care products, so most of them don't. That's insane. <laughs> That's so insane. And you don't want to hear anything on your box that says like may contain or possibly could contain. No, you just want to know what is in it because we need to use these. We're not fucking around. We're women taking You want to know <laughs> what's in that box before you put it in your box. Yes, 100%. That's what I always say. That's what she always says. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, guys, Lola is made by women for women. That's great. And Lola is making an impact. Every time you choose Lola, you're supporting a brand that gives back to women in need. To date, Lola has donated over 2 million period products and counting. That gives me chills. It's so great. Mm -hmm. Through their charity partner, I Support the Girls. And in 2019, this very year, Lola launched Tax-Free Period, a groundbreaking advocacy campaign with Period Equity, the nation's first law and policy organization devoted to fighting for menstrual equality. That's amazing. This November, they announced a tampon tax protest, which is the first step in initiating lawsuits in the 33 states that still have a tax on period products. Like it's a luxury. Yeah. Like it's I fun. That. It's fun, you guys. We're just having a great time. Oh, we want this period. <laughs> okay. Um, personally, I've loved it. I love that, like, this little box, even their sampler pack, has everything that you could need. Because honestly, I don't know what I need day to day, so I like variety. I like to, I like to have a bunch of options. Totally. And you know me, I always forget to go to the store, so half the time I'm stuck in the toilet with not a <laughs> tampon in sight. Not with Lola, you guys. They deliver, and it's a subscription service, and it, they, they make it so easy that like I am never on the toilet with not a tampon inside anymore and it's great thank god Uh, thank god and also i personally believe that like it's easy to feel powerless in our economy right now and one of the ways that you do have power over everything that's happening in your in the world is to use your money and put your money behind companies that are doing good and lola is doing so much good in the world for women everywhere so i think it's so important to support this brand they're a great brand Guys, we have an amazing promo code. It's a huge promo code. Usually it's like a couple dollars. Like, like, usually promo codes are like 5%, 10%, but ours is enormous. I love our promo code. You can get 30% off your trial set today. So like 30% of $5 is $1.50. So it would be $3.50. So visit mylola.com and enter SCAM30 to redeem your offer. Yes, guys, get that cheap, cheap period product. Do it. Yeah. Guys, we have another really cool ad where I'm already a big fan of it. So while you're searching for books this Christmas, you're already looking to buy everybody dangerous boobies. I know, humble for course. <laughs> you're also looking to get things for kids. And there's this new book that we've that we got introduced to called 
The Bravest Knight Who Ever Lived by Daniel Errico, and it's a kid's book that follows the journey of a young pumpkin farmer named Cedric on his way to achieve his dream of becoming a knight. And it is so sweet. <laughs> it's so sweet. It stars an openly gay protagonist, which is great. I want which kids they- to know that. Yeah, it's about time. So it's a book and also a Hulu series. You can watch it on Hulu. Yeah, and some of our favorite people star on the Hulu series. And the Hulu series is called The Bravest Night. Some of our favorite people are on it, like Bobby Moynihan, who was my very first improv teacher ever. He's the nicest person in the world, and he plays a little troll who's so funny. A troll named Grunt, which is perfect for him. Perfect. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, RuPaul, who we also love, Wanda Sykes, Christine Baranski, T.R. Knight, Wilson Cruz, and so many more. A.J. McLean from the Backstreet Boys. Oh, my God. I'm so glad he has work. So the book is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, or wherever you get books. And the show's available right now on Hulu. I just watched it with my son. He thought it was so fun. Aw. Yeah. I'm going to watch it by myself as a grown woman. (laughs) That is also a really fun thing to do. It works for everybody. Um, and so later in life, I don't think my dad was ever a bad person. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was ever uh, out trying to to scam anyone with like no moral compass. I sure. think he was just desperate. Yeah. And I think he was. He sounds like he was in a hard situation. Yeah. I, I think he was desperate. And I think he was like, oh, if I just do this thing I, and then I make money, I can then make things right. Okay. So one of the things that happened was. Got to backtrack for a second. That's my right. first, my dad's first marriage, he had three daughters and a son. My dad's name is James Coker. He named his son James Coker. But your name is James Coker. That is correct. Wow. <laughs> so they um, they weren't very close. Yeah. And they didn't get along. Um, most of that is my dad's fault. Yeah. Probably all of it is my dad's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, he just like was an emotionally like absent father. Yeah. Um, but for that reason, when he married my mom and had me he also named me james <gasps> wow wow and did you I, sort of negate his first son in his mind or i, I don't know like they, they had a weird relationship but it was probably entirely my dad's fault yeah. and but it was like he was pressing like the reset button on his yes, son yes. yeah and his like, wife it sounds like too. Yeah. yeah yeah and it was super fucked up yeah. and like i'm the reset so it's like no pressure oh right you, be- <laughs> you so better hard. be the good james coker yeah. i was the reincarnation of my dead aunt so i get it <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, you'll read about it. <laughs> I do. I, I tell a joke uh, sometimes when I do shows where I, I like prep that story. I'm like, yeah, I was hanging out with my brother a few years ago. And I'm like, listen, I know it's weird. We have the same name. So you can call me whatever you want. And he goes, thanks, replacement James. Oh. <laughs> but that never happened. <laughs> okay, okay. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. damn. But yeah, my dad's like the white George Foreman. Yeah, yeah. If you don't get a reference, like he named all his kids George, George or Georgina. Yeah. But were you, you're not James the second. No, no, no. So same name. That's hard. Is that weird for you when you get mail? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, basically, yes. <laughs> so I had to tell you that because okay. um, towards the end of his life, my dad took out a loan using my brother's social security <gasps> number. It's because they both have the name James Coker, okay. and they have the same middle initial. It's not the same middle name, but the same middle initial. Wow. So he took out like a ten thousand dollar loan, and my 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 brother, I think, was like buying something or doing a credit check and they're like you have this ten thousand dollar outstanding loan and he's like what are you talking about yeah. and then he eventually pieced everything together how old was he when he found this out my dad my, my brother was like 
in his 40s or 50s or That's something like so that. That's so stressful. And he has four kids. He has yeah. four daughters wow. who were like going through college and stuff. Wow. Wow. Um, eight years ago, um, my now wife, but we were uh, just dating at the time, we applied for, uh, we filled out a lease application for an apartment. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, it bounced back, and they said, you have something on your record saying that you have, like, a lien against your name or something like that for not paying, like, a year's worth of rent on a house in Dallas, Texas. And I was like, okay, can you give me the address for that? Mm-hmm. And they tell me, and I'm like, I was, like, 13 years old yeah. when that happened. So my dad presumably filled out lease applications with my Social Security number wow. using the name James Coker. When you were a kid. When I was a kid. <gasps> And the only reason I got it taken out of my report was I um, I called the landlord because I knew he was still in Dallas. He was a lawyer. He was he couldn't have not have been nicer about it. Yeah. He wrote a notarized letter immediately to the management company saying this was this guy's father. This was not him. He was a kid then. And it's illegal at 13 to lease to a child. Yeah. Well, right? I, I might have been 14. I don't know. Still, but I mean, yeah. yeah. You can't even, like, yeah. for his side, too, legally, he knows you can't lease a house to a child. Totally. Um, and so, like, I almost got to the point where I couldn't have gotten an apartment in New York City. Wow. I couldn't have even rented an apartment in New York City. Wow. Um, Damn. He then, like, got really uh, toward... We, it, it's he's. I like to think he's sort of like uh, the character of Royal Tenenbaum. If you ever seen yeah. him, he was like mm-hmm. was once like super prestigious. Yeah, and then so it, and later in life, just like got super super desperate. Mm-hmm. Can I just clarify? So he had yeah. done to make his money. He'd done like real estate stuff, and so yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Good deals. And then the and that just yeah. kind of yeah, dried up. Yes. This okay. the crash. Yeah. He oh. lost it. Like he built uh, Medical City, which is um, a big hospital in Dallas. Okay. He helped build um, this uh, shopping mall called the Olapadrita. Um, um, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very successful with other people, but then when he tried to venture out on his own, I think is when like things went south. He made a lot of bad investments. He like mm-hmm. bought a music company <laughs> that that I'm pretty sure they like they cooked the books to make it look more profitable than it was and he didn't get the signs yeah yeah, yeah. right because if you're not in the industry and you're just buying a music company it's kind of hard yeah, yeah. right yeah. um and then later in life he started like doing a lot of these what felt like get rich quick schemes mm-hmm. that weren't necessarily illegal but mm-hmm. sketchy there's this thing that happens right now called senior life policy settlements where you can buy an old like an older person who wants cash now you can buy their life insurance policy from an old person from them? yes and so, He's like, you, can, you, yeah, you, so you can pay them money, and then when they die, you are the beneficiary of their life, life, and life insurance. Oh, and you can, and that, that is a thing that's perfectly legal. Right. I just wouldn't say it's, it's ethical. Dark. Or yeah. Comfortable. Yeah. I'm not very. I don't feel very good about it's, it's it. It's so yeah. dark. And so that became a thing that like he pursued, and then he also had this thing <laughs> that's called. That's so dark. Yeah. I love your dad. <laughs> He's great. I like him. He also had this thing called. Um, Tail lights. What's that? Okay. Which were uh, light up scrunchies. <laughs> he invented them. I don't know if he invented <laughs> them, lights, but like, like ponytail lights. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I think he like either bought the rights to them or like oh. partnered with this person. But I remember when he died and I was going through the storage unit, like you found anal beads. Yeah. I found <laughs> boxes and boxes of light up scrunchies. <laughs> It's worse. <laughs> it's amazing. Kylie Jenner's gonna sell those next. She better. That's a good idea. Yeah. 
Um, oh, that's copyright. so funny. Yeah, and then also when he when he passed away, uh, we're pretty sure that he had been having a relationship on the side in Columbus, Ohio. What? Because he would like always go to Columbus on quote unquote business. Mm-hmm. But you're like, Dad, what's your fucking business? Yeah, you don't have yeah what's your business? He's like, Oh, we're working on some stuff over there. But like, I after he passed away, I found there were certain like clothing items that I was looking for, and I think they're all in a closet somewhere in Columbus, Ohio. Whoa. So I think he had like you know something going on up there. <gasps> and you don't? There's no nobody reached out to you guys after he passed to have any evidence. Someone did, and I think she this person offered to give it to us in exchange for his work BlackBerry. She like wanted it back. <laughs> oh, because there's sexy pictures. <laughs> I don't know. But, I, don't um, know. I don't know. I don't want to get. But it. you didn't do it. I I think. I think my mom was like, no, I'm keeping this Blackberry. I don't know. It was like some weird thing. Oh, my God. I want to know more about oh, this yeah. secret um, family. <laughs> my And then my, my brother, my, and my dad just also like had a habit of like borrowing money and like ruining relationships that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he borrowed money from his mom earlier, like before I was ever born or my, I might have been young. Mm-hmm. And with, I don't think with any intention of really paying her back. Mm-hmm. And my uncle, his brother, you know, was under the impression that he took advantage of her and it caused for them to have a falling out. So there's like sure. a side of the uh, family when I was a child, I did not have a relationship with Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that I've only started to work on as an adult. Yeah. How many siblings did he have? So my, my dad just had uh, one brother okay. uh, from his, his mom and his dad, but he, when his, when his father left, he went to North Carolina and started a family. So like, I know he has like a sister who like lives in Austin who okay. I've never met in my life, like a half sister who I've never met in my life. Oh wow. Um but I had like a whole part of my family that weren't a part of my life just because I was associated with the yeah. things he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's in it's even like the the same case with with my half siblings from from my dad's first marriage. I didn't really they were spread out all over the country. Like I have a sister who lives in in San, in uh, the Bay Area in Marin County. Mm-hmm. I have a brother who li- my brother older brother half brother lives in uh, Cape Cod mm-hmm. or on Cape Cod. A uh, sister in Boston and a sister in Flagstaff. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until really he passed away that I started having a relationship with them mm-hmm. because you're like putting all these pieces together. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was it was you know I think it was hard for them because I think he also was trying to borrow money from them and and there's so many feelings there yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and so i think that was um i think that was really hard but i i just there's something about my family where there's just like we're like scam magnets there's just like scammers all around us like my grandpa uh on my mom's side Mm -hmm. was like a big gambler he he like wasted apparently this is what i'm told like wasted a lot of my grandmother's money that she inherited on gambling Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and on his deathbed, mm-hmm. told all of us that he had been married before and had a kid <gasps> that we didn't know about. What? So, like, my mom was Did he like, say the kid or anything? Yeah, yeah, we, oh, we, okay, we, okay. we met her. I thought he was like, and you'll never know. <laughs> so, like, my mom was like in her 50s or something. Like, I think she was in her 50s uh, or maybe 60s. And she, he was like, on his deathbed, he's like, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was married before and I had I had a child. You have a sister and she lives in Dallas as well. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Scary. And so oh like and so my mom and her sister met their half sister at the my funeral? grandfather's funeral. Oh no. Oh my god. That's like a crazy movie. And like so my aunt Dona is the 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 half sister they met. 
she had a daughter named Allison spelled with one L and one S. Yeah. My Aunt Mary has a daughter named Allison spelled with one L and one S. <gasps> what is going on? It's a genetic spelling. Something weird. Yeah. Wow. Wait, you said in the beginning the Lawrenceville mentor. Yeah. So that guy, do you feel like that guy taught your dad how to be a scammer? No. Okay. I think this guy was like, um, not at all. I think this guy was like a mentor when he was just a kid. Yeah. Just telling what was fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he just like gave him an opportunity to go to this, this school. Like, and for like a large part of his life, I think my dad was like a good person and like, um, was honest. Yeah. I just think as he got older and. He just got desperate. Yeah. And like panic does set in. Sure. Like it's it's this way of and I've been in that where I'm like, Oh my god, my bank account's really low. <laughs> like what are we gonna eat? Like you just have this moment where you live a life, it's really fun to be comfortable, it's really nice to have an yeah. ease mm. and then you have a lot of hope and then at some point things just get tougher and tougher and tougher. At some point you're selling your American Apparel bodysuits for ten dollars on Poshmark. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Miss Smith. <laughs> I know. Like, really? <laughs> I'm paying for things in gift cards. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Or Patreon. Uh, but I think because of that, um, like growing up, like I feel like because my parents were pretending to like be something that they weren't. Yeah. I think inherently, like I did the same thing. Yeah. How'd you know that was how you did? Yeah. And so, like. I got to kids just learn from parents. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and like I was lucky enough to get to go to this, this boarding school, but like my parents couldn't afford to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So like my godfather paid for one year oh, and okay. like my dad had a family friend pay for the other year that I went. But like getting to leave and be remove myself from that mm-hmm. situation was like the best thing that ever happened in my life because yeah. I was able to escape it all. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that carried through into college because in college I was like very preppy and I would like be super peacocky. Like I would wear like a lot of pastels and sure. stuff. And I think it's like I was like trying to overcompensate for mm, something I was sure. not. Like I joined a fraternity uh, where there were mainly guys who were like pretty well off mm-hmm. because I like wanted to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think like individually, like they're all like nice people, but like I wanted to be their friends for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could say the biggest scammer of all <laughs> was me. No. <laughs> I can't say that. We cannot we'll say that. never say that. You're so lovely. Well, I think also, like, well, it's so hard because I think one of the toughest things when you're a kid is when you start to put the pieces together. Oh, yeah. But you're too young and you don't have enough power yet to solve a problem. Sure. And it's your parents' problem, so you can't solve it. So it must have been when you started to f- – what was it like when you started to figure all of this out? Like, what age were you when you were like, I don't like – this feels weird. I think when um, I started to date Jenny, um, my wife, um, when we were first dating, um, I think I was honest. She was the first person I was ever truly honest with mm-hmm. about like what my family situation was. Mm-hmm. And n- not be her not judging me mm-hmm. for something that I just w- like was born into and grew up in mm-hmm. like made me way more comfortable with it because i think i had this guilt or shame associated with like the choices my parents made when i was a kid um which have nothing to do with you sure (laughs) yeah but it's so hard i think that's when i first started coming to terms with it and then when my dad finally passed away and i started getting closer to my half siblings is i think when i started like putting more 
pieces together. Like you guys will love this. When um, I was, I was visiting my, my sister, Nancy in Flagstaff, Arizona. And she was, it was, this was a very casual conversation for something that like totally shattered my reality. <laughs> okay. She um, said, Hey, do you remember that road trip you went on when you were 12 years old? And I was like, yeah, we, you know, the whole family came to visit you in Flagstaff, Arizona. And then we drove up to the Bay area and I visited my sister who lived in Berkeley. That was a really fun trip. We saw the grand Canyon. We saw the golden gate bridge. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, well, the reason you were on that road trip is that they were, your dad was checking your mom into Betty Ford for alcoholism. Oh my gosh. And your dad did not think he could raise you and your brother by himself. Oh my gosh. So he was trying to pawn us off onto one of my sisters. Oh my God. Oh my God. Reality shattered. Yeah. Wow. What a She's scammer. Like, but I'm glad you had a fun trip. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't gonna take you wasn't gonna raise you myself but i'm glad you liked the grand canyon <laughs> ah, that's, that's so insane mm -hmm. did it work is your mom okay yeah she's fine okay. she um she'll probably get so mad if i tell people this but she was kicked out of betty ford that's um, amazing yeah. we're both you know we're both soaps that's great she, she, um, out for good behavior no she got kicked out after two weeks for getting a fight with someone yes. in the great. community room they, she got an argument with someone it about what happens. they were going to watch on tv yeah. it <laughs> happens when you're not drinking and so she went to another um uh rehab facility and got clean but she's been sober for like 25 years i'm very wow. proud of her she's um she's amazing um, how, many, how many do you have sue 12 i am almost in december eight. Oh wow wow yeah I think a lot of people in my family have uh, addiction issues, so I'm just like hyper aware of it. Mm. I do drink, but I'm also like mm -hmm. super. I told aware you, James, I was sober early. Yeah, you're I think one of so. my first friends. I told. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I have a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, okay, Caitlin. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Can we just do the improv scene now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're on stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yes and this, but uh. Wait, did your mom ever work? Uh, she did some like. Um, interior design work yeah. mm -hmm. um, for a few years, uh, but not really. I, I, you know, I think it, 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 it was two things. Like, I think she was conditioned to being taken care of her entire yeah. life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and also, I think my dad was just, like, insistent that she would not work. Mm -hmm. And I think both were, like, really detrimental to, like, our mm -hmm. whole situation. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, I remember... Um, being at this unbelievable boarding school w one week and then going home for spring break and we didn't have electricity Whoa. in our house yeah, for like sense. three weeks. That's mm -hmm. such a mind fuck. And it was like a nice house in a nice neighborhood. They just like couldn't pay the electricity bill. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. So what, how was any money made in the house? Like I mean, how did you guys How did she keep that rolls? I know. Oh, uh, she kept it till like I was 12 and then she had to sell it because yeah. it was too expensive yeah. to, uh, I think my dad like did like consulting work for people. Mm -hmm. Like there were people he knew, you know, you know, little things here and there. But it was super in inconsistent. Like we either had money or we didn't. Did and he give you anxiety as a kid that you didn't know what was? Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Because oh my, my husband had a lot of anxiety as a kid. Yeah. Oh really? And he is now. Uh, we have just having our life be very stable and kind of. Ex 
clearly sort of planned out makes him feel very safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, wow. Thank you. I yeah. love this. Well, James, I it makes me love you even more. <laughs> it does. It's, Same, actually. It's very endearing. It's so hard. Yeah. Just because we, so we know, we like study scammers sort of all this, but we don't really hear about how this affects ever the child. Like we yeah. hear sure. about how children are affected when we talk about friends and what your therapy is like and well, how is your therapy and that sort of thing. But to have this this need to like look so perfect and put together that created such an instability in your growing up I mean it just must have been so scary when you um when you left boarding school where did you did you go right to college yeah so um was that a question of where you would go to college was that stressful yeah there was a question like they were I was pretty adamant that I was going to go to public school because I didn't think my parents could pay for a private college and they were like we're going to find a way blah 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 but when I was there I would have to go to the bursar's office like every couple months and they would essentially hold me hostage really? in the office until your parents paid. My dad sent them a check. Ugh. And I tried to transfer out of school after my first year because yeah. I got pretty good grades in college. I did not get great grades in high school. And I was like, I'm gonna transfer to a public school in Texas so my parents can afford for me to go to school and they wouldn't release the transcript ever because I was always behind on my tuition. Oh. Yeah. That's now, crazy. and that must have just been just such a stressful thing to bear while you're just trying to go to school. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, for hard. sure. And it's, it's a lot of these are like extreme real world adult issues. Yeah. When your brain is still growing. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. still so. Do you have, are you good with money now? Like, are you serious or do you take things? Do you have like uh, touchy spots with money? Well, you're an actor. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I try to be. I, I don't, I don't. I tend not to splurge on things, but I think the nature of our business, we have to spend so much money just to sort of like get an even point of entry on, on classes, on subscriptions, on maintenance for eyelash extensions. Yeah. But are you like somebody who'd rather like cook at home and save? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm also the type of person that could eat the same thing every day. I'm super boring in that respect. Yeah. My husband's like that. He's yeah. like, he's just very conservative mm-hmm. with how we spend. And I'm always like, let's just go out. He's like, you don't have, we don't have any money to <laughs> yeah. go out. What are you doing? I'm like, let's splurge. He's like, right. with what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cards. Yeah. What is your feeling towards your dad now? I love him. I mean, yeah. the mm-hmm. thing is, like, I was very lucky in the sense that, like, from my dad's first marriage, the oldest child got all of the love and the attention. My oldest sister um had an incredible relationship with him mm. and it was the same exact thing for me he just had like a thing for the firstborn kid oh wow and so i got all the attention and the love i could ever want from him but my brother was completely ignored mm. and so i have this unexpected bond with my oldest sister because we have a very similar relationship with our dad similar dynamic where everybody else has serious issues and rightfully so yeah mm-hmm. Um, and so I love him, but I just, you know, uh, I think he, you know, was just a guy that, uh, lost his way. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also think about how the first like 23, 24 years of my life, every decision I made in my entire life was for his approval. Mm -hmm. Like, I went to this boarding school partly because he wanted me to, but also like I wanted to get out of my situation at home and, he wanted me to play football because he was this like stud football player Mm -hmm. and in high school and college 
and I was on the team, but I never played because I was neither fast nor strong nor aggressive. <laughs> All the things you need yeah. to play football. Nor wanted to play. Like I remember this one time, I was standing on the sidelines at a game, and it was in uh, it was a game that had been like pretty rough, and like every in and it was like a battle. So like everybody mm-hmm. on the team had like. Uh, cuts on their arm and like mud all over their uniform and grass and my uniform was pristine (laughs) and this is the saddest fucking thing ever when nobody was looking I went and I picked up clumps of mud and grass and I rubbed them on my uniform because you're a performer you do it for the stage (laughs) it's it's theater theater but That's yeah, every, everything I did was for his approval. So like yeah. when I was at this college, I like didn't allow myself to have uh, really valuable friendships because I was trying to constantly prove that I belonged there. Mm-hmm. I was like so involved in college. I was like the president of my fraternity. And I think like everybody in my fraternity hated me when I was a president. I was like in student government. Mm-hmm. I was You're in all, working very hard. Yeah, I was like playing like club sports and things like that i was doing all these different things because i felt like i had to prove that i belonged there because i felt like i didn't right you know right, what right. i mean and also if, like even if somebody syndrome. was like yeah yeah even if somebody's like james it's okay you'd be like okay no thanks like like when i've been in that set when even when someone's like you don't you don't have to work so hard i'm like no i do and yeah. you can't fucking tell me not to because i'm going for it right like there's also that when you're in that place n- nothing anybody can say will stop you from just continuing yeah mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the people that I hung out with, specifically the guys in my fraternity, thought that I thought that I was like better than them or above mm-hmm. them, but it was like the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I didn't belong there. Mm-hmm. And did your brother go to any um, boarding schools? No. That's also like the really shitty thing is like my parents gave me every opportunity to do what I needed to do to succeed, and he got largely ignored. Mm-hmm. And so he went to community college in Dallas. And he now lives in New York. I know. I met him. He's so nice. Yeah. I met him at 30 Rock. Yeah, he works as a set dresser on TV shows now. He's so cool. And he's incredible, and he has a, an amazing boyfriend who I love, and I'm so happy. But I think his growth, both like um, as a person, but also like his his emotional maturity, uh, it took such a long time for him to develop, to develop that. He was very much a late bloomer, and mm-hmm. I think it's because he was not given the same opportunities that I was mm. to like learn those lessons. But you've taken really good care of him as an older brother. I've seen like you, yeah. you very much like bring your, put your arm around him and bring him into. Yeah. When know. he first moved to New York, I was like such a helicopter parent. It was so bad. He was like living. I thought it was so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was actually great. Like it's a really nice thing yeah. as a sibling to see the need and the de- deficit deficiency, like yeah. see where you're lacking and to say like, well, let me help you on. Sure. Pull you in. And I think part of that is like that I love him more than anything, but also like I feel guilty that I was given so much and he was, of course, given, yeah. you know, wasn't getting anything. You got the, you know, the fuzzy end of the lollipop, as they say, short end of the stick. Oh, yeah. But like I remember when he first moved to New York, he, I'm only like two years older than him, mm. but like he would take the subway to work or he would go out for the night and I'd be texting him like every half hour yeah. being like, are you okay? Is everything all right? Aww. Please be safe out there. Because you're a good guy. I don't know what I'm going to do if, if I have kids. Aww. It's going to be bad. It's hard. But you know what? I will tell you, kids, they grow as you grow. So yep. when you have a newborn, they know nothing and you know nothing. So yeah. it's great. It's good to know. <laughs> I only know as much as I need to know for a two-year-old right now. Love <laughs> it. And that's it. Yeah. Wait, I just have one more question. Sure. Your brother, James Coker, does he go by James Coker? No, he's okay. always gone by his middle name, What's Keith. 
Heath Coker. Cool name. Well, that's a relief. Yeah. Okay. This yeah. whole time I was wondering. Do you feel like you have to keep checking your like social just in case something <laughs> pops up suddenly? Your, like your is that, like credit report? Yeah. Is that stressful? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I check my credit report every month. <laughs> okay. You okay. kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know when I checked my last. But yeah, our either. family are scam magnets. I got my mom's. I I'm fifty percent sure being scammed by this person right now, who I cannot talk about because I don't want to be okay. sued for libel. But, okay. um, but scammed how? I can't tell you. I I, okay. I don't even want to. How can, are you going to tease us? I can That's tell okay. you off the air, but off the air. Air. Off air. But I really respect that. Okay. I really respect sure. it. Scammers everywhere, man. Scammers okay. are everywhere. Scammers be scamming. How um, does your wife feel about this? Do you ever talk about? It? Is she like? Um, you know, I think she feels bad for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's like very, un- you know, understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, I think she was very lucky to have um, very supportive, stable parents as mm-hmm. a kid, and um, you know, yeah. is just uh, there for me. But she's also very good about um, looking out for my best interests, mm-hmm. or if like you know making sure i follow up about certain things mm-hmm. and also making sure i don't feel bad about certain things yeah. and there's like whatnot. yeah there's like that funny responsibility as a spouse yeah she's mm. incredible i don't yeah. know what i do without her i know she's amazing spouses yeah. are good yeah. spouses are good hey spouses mm-hmm. yeah well you have to come on um like a year from now and tell us how the scam with your mom shakes out <laughs> Give okay. Us a okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I can, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you about it off the air if you have time. Well, well of course. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Great. Great. All right. Thank, Thank you. Jay. Thank you. This is such a joy. What a treat. Yeah. And where can so people fun. find you? Yeah. Uh, you can find me. Uh, can they buy uh, your website? <laughs> yeah. You get my website is jameswcoker.com. Um, you can check me out on Instagram at this James Coker on Twitter at this James Coker, mm. and uh, coming out very soon, uh, Marshall Stratton and I. I uh, did a web series for the new UCB Innovation Inc. show with cool. Nerdist. Um, I think our first episode comes out in episode 102. Uh, so look for Crypto Boys. Crypto Boys with a Z. That's so funny. And UCB <laughs> in- Innovation Inc. It's about cryptocurrency. And uh, I think it's going to be great. Can't wait Amazing. to see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nosh. No, yes. You're very welcome. You, we appreciate UCB. it. Guys, we love you and we love your scams. If you had any experience like this or want to chat about you've it you've got family scammers yes just email we us love you at scamwapodcast at gmail.com we're scamwapodcast on all of the instagram and everything and you can always call us because i need phone calls to keep me going um it's 347-509-9414 yes and uh we're on patreon mm-hmm. and t public at scamwapodcast yeah get yourself a daddy fucks tea yes <laughs> get a daddy fucks tea for the holidays <laughs> for the holidays happy holidays daddy <laughs> we'll see you okay. next week bye, bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.